0: Welcome to the Sayer Audit Group Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett, alongside Chris Sayer and Nick Sayer. Today, we're going to cover a great topic of meet and greet. We're going to outline the importance of it, how it plays in with first impression, and how it can overall kick off your relationship with the customer that you have in front of you. We'll discuss that as well as have Drew and Jay on to discuss and recap the Teton Overland show that we were a main sponsor for this past weekend. And that's next year on the Sayer Audit Group Podcast. Welcome into the pod. Uh, it is uh, middle September and uh, we're having a decent month. I don't know how it's going over BMW, but Dodge were, trudging along we're doing good. Bit. They're getting aggressive over on the Dodge side. They've upped some of the some of the stuff 10% off a lot of things, employee pricing plus on Grand Cherokees. Uh, so you get employee pricing plus rebates. So again, if you have anyone, if you work at the other stores, if you have anyone on them, there's a lot of products on the Stellantis Chrysler side that they've, they've upped the discount on. So I don't know. The BMWs, I know new is kind of a rarity over there, so you guys are pumping out a lot of used. but.
1: Yeah, we're off to a pretty good start over halfway through the month and numbers are looking good. So hopefully we continue that through the second half of the month and close strong, but things are looking good.
0: Yeah. I always feel like the last, I mean, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but the last part of the year is always kind of like the fun part, I feel like. Relatively speaking, we have a lot of business owners that are coming before the end of the year. And so. I've always felt that as a salesperson, it was a time you could really kind of double some of the numbers that you've done some of the previous quarters because there's a lot of opportunity for people that have to spend money or give it to Uncle Sam. And so there's a lot of opportunity to sell some of those cars. But, um, well, awesome. I uh, I kind of, we discussed about a few different things to talk about, but meet and greet was kind of what we settled on. And so, Nick, I'll, I'll just kind of ask you in the broad way of why importance of discussing such a simple thing like i feel like as salespeople, people it's like oh meet and greet such a simplistic very um small thing but why is it so big to your success you feel as a salesperson in general?
1: um well it's you know it's that just initial opportunity to establish pretty much the how the the rest of the sale is going to go right so um you know like you talked about i think keeping it simple um is one of the most important parts of it you don't need to open overcomplicate it, but um at the same time it is a skill that you need to pay attention to and, and practice. Um and you know we've talked a lot about different uh, mirroring strategies and things mm-hmm. like that, but matching somebody's energy from the get-go um and being you know sincere at the at the initial meet and greet um sets the tone for the rest of the experience for for the customer so um doesn't matter what brand you're at BMW, Nissan, Chrysler Jeep Dodge um every customer um, coming in needs to have a proper meet and greet so yeah um understanding that part of the sales process um and how important it is again t- for the remainder of that that uh, process and, and your success in that sale you know is critical absolutely chris so
0: like you know at the dodge store i know the setups are different at all three stores but people that come in all the time they're, they're coming in for a variety of reasons: parts service or sales but as a salesperson, obviously, you want to have every opportunity to sell a car. But how is that meet and greet, even if they are coming in for service, even if they're coming in for parts, how does a strong meet and greet, one that's done really well, help in every facet of you know presenting yourself where you, even if they're a service customer, you just upped your chance of being able to then start a conversation with them later to convert them over to a sell.
2: Yeah, uh, from my perspective, <coughs> as I've moved – into this business and and try to look at things from an ownership role you know eventually nick and i will end up taking over everything and i try to see like things i like what i don't like what i think we can get better at and meet and greet is like i really the core of everything uh of all our successes in my mind like the way we present ourselves uh it, it's about even the way you dress, you know, are you clean shaven or you have your shirt tucked in or blouse? Do you look like you haven't showered for a week or you, you look sharp and presentable? Uh, we've been a little lax at times at our store here, and I think we can get better at that because it is nice to to show up and meet someone that looks like they're prepared for the day. They look sharp dressed. Just kind of changes the uh, <laughs> the seriousness i guess of the event like people think oh this guy means business that could even mean having a notepad taking notes acting like you're you're very interested in in what they have to say yeah no matter what it is but um secondly i think you got to have a warm smile uh we are we've talked about this a lot we're a family-owned business we've been around for a long time we want to make people feel that way like they're kind of getting adopted into the family this is a local business uh, we try to serve our community and take care of those people and build longer term relationships so those start with a warm welcoming smile uh, before you even say anything i think so you're sharp dress, you got a warm smile um, <clears throat> and then begin uh, the usage of their names uh, as much as possible i think people like to hear their name more than anything yeah and you have seven seconds based on the experts' studies to, to make that first impression. So get that name in early, uh, jointly with the smile. And one thing I've noticed that I've struggled with in the past, uh, and I think we, do, we all do at times, is addressing each individual in the party. Sure, yeah. I mean, I know it's important to find the buyer or the person you're you're dealing with specifically for that vehicle or whatever, but you gotta address everybody, be respectful, you know, take in the group, don't get too rushed. And like, okay, let's find, you know, let's get this figured out. It's like, hey, you know, how are you guys? What's going on? I like your shirt. Those shoes are cool. Where'd you get those? Or, or mention something about their car. I think doing natural things that you would do in any social setting will help started off in the right direction which is a good long-term relationship hopefully so yeah it's it's key to our success in every aspect of our business whether it's service and parts or or sales side and yeah you mentioned you know we have a lot of people walk in through to go to service or parts as well uh they might just come back to you to buy a car if you're the if you were very helpful friendly they they felt trust you know that meet and greet could change your prospects as a salesperson no question Um, i've had individuals you know before i even tell them i'm a sayer sometimes that'll get them excited because they think they're dealing with the owner but um i've had individuals like the interaction we had i showed a car on saturday for instance and i just had a great conversation uh joked around a little bit with the guy and his wife ended up showing them three or four cars let them test drive And, you know, now he's texting me, feels like we're on that friend level. I can help him with service issues as well. I mean, it was, it was easy just taking a little extra time on that meet and greet and being fun and friendly to build. I I think I've got him as a long-term relationship now, a business owner. So yeah, it means a lot.
0: Yeah, no. And I think you covered a lot of like the tenants of it. So I think you can break it up into two parts. Like the first impression, what people will measure on the first impression is eye contact, being number one or one of the five tone of voice the warmth the smile that you mentioned appearance you touched on the handshake that you give and then also the posture of which you present yourself and how you stand and everything so all of those are those uh i guess it'd be six categories of how people will measure you when when you come up on the first impression and so you know if you go down through the list like eye contact is going to be one that's natural it's you know a lot of times people think in a cell situation you have to have eye contact that's dominating that you don't ever break away but it's more of just a natural talking, like if you have a couple of them, you just are looking back and forth and you, and you're not you know looking down at your shoes or whatever to convey that you're nervous or whatever that nature. so that's something that does take a lot of practice like if you're not naturally good at eye contact, that is something that you do have to consciously think about and work on because one of the easiest ways to lose trust is if you meet somebody and you immediately can't stare them in the face like that's just gonna <laughs> cause problems for you but then on the other all the way on the other side is if you're just like really intent with them and just like wide-eyed looking at them, that's going to scare them off the same way. So there's a perfect balance that you have to strike the tone of voice. And, and Nick brought this up with the mirroring is, you know, how I approach, a, a you know, 40 year old business owner, like construction worker with my tone of voice and 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 how loud I am naturally, it's going to be a lot different than maybe an older woman that comes in that's single, a little bit more elderly. Like it's going to be a lot softer, quieter, and I'm just going to have to bring myself down a little bit. So that one you have to fluctuate with as well. And then you go down through always smiling you you already touched on the uh, on the appearance the one thing i want to talk about is the handshake because a lot of the time that's overthought as well you just again it's all goes back to matching the type of customer you're working with. like you don't want to get dominated on a handshake where they squeeze the every living life at hand, but you never want to be the person doing that as well i remember there's a sales guy who worked here about 18 months ago and he would go into every handshake and just like be over the top and just clench it on the customers and a lot of the time that's overthought and, and and then it would be, give a, just right off the bat would, would would give you um a negative impression and so all these little bits although they're small like they kind of seem inconsequential they all play into the overall um, importance of the first impression and so when you come into work every day you know we're dealing with people that is a major life every single time they buy a car for 99 percent of the people they remember that day and so as you mentioned if they come in and for any moment they feel that you take it on serious or you're not excited or you're dreading it or you're tired or you're unprofessional, they're immediately just not going to want to work with you as much as someone who is warm, excited, and looks a level of professional that, that matches to what you're selling. And I think I think we don't think about it as much as I think we should. I think if you worked on that every week or if you got into work, you said, hey, Do I look like someone that I would buy from? And if you can't answer that, yeah, like yes, then you have to look, you know, look at a few things that you want to switch.
1: Um, just questioned on that. Just picking your brain a little mm-hmm. bit with the handshake thing. I mean, how important do you think it is? Are you the one that's supposed to extend the handshake, or do you wait for the customer to extend that handshake? What's your mm-hmm. take on that? And, um, you know, what's the? I, I don't. Know. Yeah, what's your what's your thoughts? Yeah, on
0: that? so I think you know to go into like in our situation where there's a lot of people that come in the door that are coming in for service or parts. Um, and so a lot of times how I would approach it is I would just welcome into the dealership. Hey, you know, welcome into say your, your Jeep Dodge. My name is Zach. Uh, are you looking for parts, service or sales? And then at that point, if they're looking for parts of service, I say, why don't you just come with me? I'll take you right over to you and get you where you need to go. And I'd have them follow me and take them over there. And then I would introduce, so, Hey, this is service Alberto. This is so-and-so like on my way there, I'd grab their name. This is Roberta. She is here for service, and he'll get you taken care of. And then I would transfer him that way. So I would, I would never extend my hand on that one because I'm not the one that they're doing business with. And this is just my personal opinion. But if they say they're here for sales, then I would take that opportunity. Awesome. I would love to be able to help you out today. My name is Zach, and I'd extend the hand and I say, "What was your name?" And at that point, they'd give up their name, and then I can use it as Chris mentioned as an opportunity to use their name. And so that's how I kind of handle the handshake. Is if they're here for sales, and that's the opportunity to Introduce them to myself again and then move on from there.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um sometimes, yeah, it can be an awkward exchange if if you're, you know, not paying attention or you just immediately, you know, stick your hand out there and yeah uh, and you know, so sometimes it's gotta feel it out. But you know, that's that's a good that's good advice on that.
0: Um, well, yeah, and I think like how I approach is, like if I'm going shopping somewhere, like say like I just use Foot Locker because it's usually the only retail or owls or whatever and someone right. sells, like Sales sell guy selling shoes walked over and said, Hey, my name's Zach. You need help with shoes? I'd just be like, what are you doing? What's going on, man? <laughs> like, you don't even know yeah. if I'm here looking yeah, at so those, you know, it,
1: so I it think, can create a little bit of some awkwardness. So I was just curious yeah. on, on what, how you, what's your approach is to the handshake? When do extend a handshake? Maybe yeah, certain situations where it's not necessary. Like you said, you walk into a footlocker or, or, you know, you're at a restaurant or something, your waitress doesn't, you know, shake your hand, you know? So it's just, uh, interesting concept. Yeah. But the, uh, a handshake does, does have value, you know, in the right situation, in certain situations. So it's, it's necessary at some points, but thanks for that.
0: Yeah, uh, no. And I think we talked about this, but you never want to like in sales in general, you never want to present as many, like you want to present as few opportunities for people to reject you. Yeah. So like on door to door, there's a lot of, like, if you came out and tried to shake someone's hands, like, you're first to me, like, I don't know who you are. Why, yeah, are you here, <laughs> why are you here shaking my hand? right So the same thing can be is even if they're on your lot, they're giving up. Like, yeah, I'm interested in the car. But if you walk out there like, hey, I'm Zach, and you go in to shake their hand immediately, it's going to kind of initially have them an opportunity to be like, well, I I, you know, I don't shake hands or whatever. Yeah, like that, yeah. And that can cause a, a conflict right off the bat. So a lot of the time, if you are able to pull some things, like, you know, hey, you know, I just want to come and help you. Like, if you're approaching someone a lot, which is obviously, obviously different, you don't want to go out to someone looking at cars and be like, "Hey, you here for parts, service, or sales?" Because then you just sound like a robot. It's like, "Well, I'm looking at a truck that's 50 feet from the front of your door. What do you think I'm here for?" Right. You know, so you do have to be dynamic that way, and then approach every situation with like, "Hey, you know, it, you want me to go grab a key for you? My name is Zach. I'd be more than happy just to show you a few things on that." Um, Because the more human you come across, the better opportunity you have to sell, obviously. So. Cool. Yeah, I think it's you know,
2: along with the handshake. One th- word of advice I'd heard on that in a sales setting is to extend your hand under underhand. Yeah. Because it's not like power aggressive. So just in the sales setting, it's better to just hold it out be more under, given. underneath. Yeah, be more given, like, hey, I'm here to serve you, help mm-hmm. you guys out. Um I was thinking too, like, Names are a huge struggle for me. I forget names <laughs> like crazy. And I, I've tried to work on it, and I've, you know, I found a few. I found a few ways to memorize names. So I just wanted to go over like a couple of those. If you guys have issues with those, if our salesmen do, you can use this. But one good way um, is to repeat the name in your head like five, ten times, just over and that seems to work occasionally for me. Another one is if you know somebody else or like, like a friend or an actor or something with the with the same name. Picture them for a minute, like when you're <laughs> talking to them. So if the guy's Tom, think of Tom Cruise or something. You know, Tom. That, Mom's game. helps. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other way is to come up with something that rhymes with their name and then say that in your head a few times. If you do that, it usually sticks as well. So just if random side side note on the name thing because it is important you need to there's nothing bigger turn off than going through the whole sales process be like what's your name again (laughs) yeah like that just (laughs) destroys all seriousness they they just look at you like you're not even listening yeah so that's that's important more than we think yeah that name right
1: just to touch on the importance of names i think it's also important as a salesperson that that you want the customer to remember your name as well as the salesperson, as the manager, whoever is helping them. Um, I was at a training this past weekend for BMW um, for general manager training, and we were reviewing, you know, surveys that were left um, for different stores. And one of the patterns that we saw was most of the high surveys that were received started off with the, this was in the service department, but I'm sure it translates to sales as well. But it would start off with the advisor's name that helped him. For instance, you know, Justin in service did a fantastic job. He did this, this, out the other. So it was interesting to see that the customers actually remembered the name of the the advisor that helped them, and that translated into a higher you know satisfaction <laughs> score. The lower scores, they never named the person. It was just I had a horrible experience in service. You know, they didn't. Get my car in uh, no one ever called me. there was no specifics on on who it was that helped um so you know going back to the importance of name it's important for us to remember our customer's name for sure and you know obviously we're meeting a lot of people every day, so that is a challenge is remembering who the person is and you know doing some of these things that maybe Chris talked about to help you know with name remembrance is is important but um, I think for customers you know if you can ingrain your name in, in their head as well you know that that has value to it um, when they remember you um, as a who who helped them you know that's going to help when they come back they're going to remember who it is they're, you know there's nothing probably more defeating as a salesperson than when you sold somebody let's say a year ago a car and they walk back in and they they act like they don't even know who you are <laughs> um, you know and they just walk to another salesperson and you're like well, I, I sold that person a car. Yeah. Obviously, you didn't do a very good job of, yeah. you know, making a good impression on them or, or you know, you would be they'd be coming right back to you and, and there would be a you know instant relationship. So I've seen that happen a lot of times, though. I mean, you'd be surprised how often that customers, um, you know, come back and buy a car and they don't go to the salesperson that sold them because they never established, you know, one, a proper meet and greet or two, you know, n- uh, nurtured that relationship throughout the, the ownership. Of that vehicle, so um you know it goes it goes both ways absolutely you know, if you can you know here's my business card, here's my name, again, my name's Nick. Um, you know repeat it as many times as you might need to back to him that way they they know that you know Nick's my guy, you know, when I need help with something, you know, I got his business card here, um you know, when you fill out that survey, you know, put my name in whatever it is, you know you know it helps me out personally. Um, it, that type of thing is important as well.
0: No, and I think it kind of touches on it, 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 the whole idea of repetition. Like the only way that you can truly remember something, it's like the whole idea with the with remembering their name is to repeat in your head over and over again until it burns, or, or or pairing it with something. It's a whole. It's the same with customers. They're no different than we are. So when we first introduce ourselves, and and we have an opportunity there to say it, but then throughout the process, we're we want them to know who we are, and we're confident that whatever pops up between now and then, we are the person to call. And you, and you know that you'll take care of them. You'll very confidently tell them your name and repeat your name so that it sticks in their in their brain. So you have to, one, be confident about it, and, two, you have to approach it the same way that you're trying to remember their name. You want to stick it in theirs, too. Yeah. So repetition of that throughout the whole process is, is, is definitely important. The one thing I want to talk about when it comes to, like, the, the first impression, and this goes into, like, building – like a a positive relationship. It's the whole idea of value proposition and then congratulatory statement. So Chris kind of tucked on it, like talking about like the shoes, you know, but it's the same thing. So they come in for sales, you introduce yourself and they said, yeah, we want to check out some of the half tons. Okay. Is there anything specific that you want to talk about or go look at? He said, yeah, there's two Laramies. I'll you, if you get in the habit and sometimes a lot of the stuff you'll do um, like, what's the word like uh, instinctually, like you'll just do it because you're, you've been in sales, but Oh, I love the Laramie's. I think they're one of the best packaged trucks that we have. If you follow up everything that they give up to you uh, with a positive statement, it's going to reinforce the decisions that they're making uh, subconsciously. So, yeah, we're here to look at the Gladiator. Oh, I love the Gladiator, Uh, especially the the green one. Yeah, the green. The green is my favorite color. Like, it's not going to be cheesy. It's not going to be overdone, but just a simple statement of, that is a great choice. And they're gonna be like, "Hey, you know what? That is a great freaking choice. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good decision maker, which reinforces I should be here buying this car. And even if it is like small things, begin the habit of doing that. That's what's really gonna build up your first impression. So it's a whole like, oh, like those are really nice shoes. Where'd you get those? Oh, right, I, you know, oh, I'm a shoe person. I bought them off Go. How oh, I get on Go all the time. That's one of the best apps that you know out there for shoes. That's just gonna be small little bridges of connection that you build the customer that then they're going to remember Zach or they're going to remember Nick. Like that's, what's going to allow them to have a relationship with you. Have you guys any personal experiences like where you go? I know you, you brought up the, the, the watch one a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and that one, I mean, is like the perfect example of a meet and greet, but are there other situations where you guys have been in where either poor or really good that you've been blown away by how you, you know, you first received by the business or.
1: Um, just kind of generically. Um, anytime, like I go to a new restaurant, for instance, and I'm looking over the menu, I always will ask the server, what do you, you know, what are, what do you recommend? What are some, Mm -hmm. what's kind of, what are the favorites here type of a thing? And, you know, a lot of the time, however they respond to me greatly impacts my decision from that point. If they're like, oh, you have to get this steak. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. If this is your first time here, definitely go with that. I'm probably going to go with that steak, (laughs) right? If they come in like, ah, I don't know, you know. I haven't really ever tried anything but <laughs> I I hear a, I hear is pretty good. You know, I'm I'm at that point I that guy's got no credibility <laughs> with me and I'm just going to be winging it and and picking whatever kind of sounds good What's at that good? point. So, you know, kind of relating that to the car business, uh what you said just positive reinforcement. Um a lot of our customers that are walking into the store have done a ton of research and they know <clears throat> have a pretty good idea of what they want to look at when they show up right right so if they come in like you said and they want to look at a laramie you know by reinforcing that, oh man the laramie's so nice have you driven one before and at that point you know get a little feedback no this is you haven't driven a laramie owned a gmc that you know has similar options you know and then again just yeah the laramie that you know whatever features figure out what features about the laramie maybe that interests them and then Again, reinforce that 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 uh, idea of why they want to look at it or, or and build it up. You know, yeah. By Doing so, you know, you're you're only going to get credibility and and like the restaurant thing and improve your odds of them buying it if you're energetic and excited about whatever whatever they're interested in looking at. If you're like, oh, I don't know, I've never driven the Laramie, um, maybe it has cruise control, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's go look. You know, and yeah. at that point, they're like, okay, well, that that's not very fun anymore. So. Well, I think like that builds off like enthusiasm is a game changer when it comes to
0: that. Like the difference, literally the difference in between was confidence and enthusiasm. The waiter in the first example was excited that you asked them their opinion, was gladly gave it up and was sure that you would like it just the same as they did. So it's no different than the stuff that you sell. Whatever product you sell, one, you have to know what you're talking about. So sure you have to know your product so that if, yeah, I, I drive a GMC, then you can pull the, oh, these are just a couple differences. And I think they will make a big difference to you. That's yeah, probably why yeah. you've been over here. Like if you're confident and you're excited about that, that's going to transfer right over your cut. The energy transfer is going to happen almost immediately upon that, ha- like them walking in.
2: Yeah. So <clears throat> I think my takeaway is, you know, and I'm going to think about this personally as well, but take a minute to think about how are you presenting yourself uh, like Zach said, would I want to work with the way I look? You know, think about the way you approach them. If you're using their name, how much are you smiling? I mean, look in the mirror, maybe do a few drills like that. Just kind of testing yourself. See see what you see. You know, if you see yourself slouching over like I'm doing right now, <laughs> like <he's laughs> this chair, yeah. uh, I don't know. You'll notice some things. It's a good thing to just think about. It sets the tone for your uh, every day. It's what you do every day is present yourself in our dealership and cars. So make sure that's all kind of fitting within what we what we talked about today, because it could determine your success and long term success really. So yeah, do that drill this week. I think that'd be smart.
0: Here, yeah, and I think that goes back into you know the the last I have off. It goes all into like knowing your numbers, right? Because if you know how many opportunities you have, one of the quickest ways that you'd be able to tell if you're meeting greets out of whack, is if you're if you're talking to a lot of people, but you're not getting a lot of test drives. And that you know that goes into being honest about yourself and keeping track personally of, mm-hmm. okay, these many people came in, I took this many to service, and I showed this many cars, and you're not just counting the ones that you scan into the system because you're taking on a test drive. Like, if you honestly track that, and all of a sudden you see that you're not falling within the parameters that are either average or where you want to be, the sales, That'll be the quickest way. And so if you are not hitting the sales numbers that you're wanting to, you got to keep track of it honestly and do it manually or do it in the system and be honest with every time that you meet and greet someone, that way you know if it's something you need to work on. Cause women lie men lie, but numbers don't. They're sure. they're honest. They're <laughs> honest every single time. And so it's a good way to keep yourself on track to where you want to be.
1: Yeah, so. totally agree. But any other thoughts or no. Um, I guess yeah, pay attention to it, practice it a lot. I mean, there's it's going to be the big key to your success you know it's it can make or break a sale with like chris said within seven seconds if you're there's no there's no bigger turnoff as a customer than you know walking into a dealership and wandering around for you know 30 seconds a minute just looking around like is anybody see me here (laughs) you know like what i mean there's no bigger turnoff and at that point you've dug yourself you know you're all you're doing is trying to dig yourself out of a hole from the get go as a yep. salesperson. Cause in their mind, they've, they've already felt they felt neglected. They felt like they're not important to you. Um, you know, you got better things to do than, than, a, than talk, yes. to, talk to them. So, I mean, you're automatically, you know, six steps in the hole and, and it's just going to be a, you'll, you'll be lucky to to translate that person into a sale to be honest. So. I think
0: it's a good point. And that's, I mean, I know that that happened a number of times where people walk in and if you get caught where you're looking at your phone and I mean, I've been into a situation where I've gone into a store and they're just sitting on their phone and it's just like, no one, no one's here excited to be here. I don't care how now they try to act (laughs) like they wish they weren't here at this moment. And so, like you said, it just immediately, like think about how you buy, think about how you Mm -hmm. perceive things. And if you catch yourself doing it, be like, okay, I would not want to buy for me at this mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Cause yeah, like that stuff, I didn't even think about that, but that happens all the time where a customer makes it through the door and catches some of our salesmen. You know, it's been a little bit slower for whatever reason. It's, you know, lunchtime and then all of a sudden the people come in and they're not ready. And if you catch yourself not ready, you're putting yourself at a big disadvantage. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Pay attention. You know, there you should be you should be at the door opening the door for the customer. Yes. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is, I mean, no reason to be sitting in I mean, if you see someone pull up on the lot and you're sitting at your desk waiting for them to walk in, that is, uh, that again, that's just it's a, a disaster. bad look. Walk <laughs> up to the door, open the door for them, greet them with a smile, maybe have a water in your hand. Hey, here's a water, you know, I'm so-and-so. I'm Nick Nick at, here at BMW. Well, um, you know, how can I assist you? Or mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you in for today? Um, and then, you know, go on with your meet and greet. I know some, People say not to ask them what, you know, what are you doing here, what's your what's your goal type of thing. But you know, opening the door and being attentive is a lot better than the alternative. So absolutely,
0: yeah. The, and the last thing I'll say is just if you are in a little time, uh, ask one of your managers. I know that, I, I know they'd be more than happy to role play the meet and greet. If you ever feel like, hey, I could just knock off some rust, um, I know the guys here know they come ask me, and I know it's the same at all the. Other- stores like just ask your managers to to listen to your your meet and group pretend that they're a customer and then they can give you some pointers of like hey this is how it made me felt and that way you can get can get better at it so that ultimately you sell more cars so
2: yeah awesome sweet oh, don't forget the compliment trick Fact. that's it i think that's the easiest icebreaker honestly compliment something about your customer whatever it is so
0: i like your hair chris Thanks. I wish I had some.
2: Got a haircut. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll turn it
0: over to Drew and Jaden. Thanks. All right. So uh, we wanted to, we actually got a twofer. All right. So we've been doing employee spotlights where we highlight an individual, but we decided that you two spend so much time together. Let's just do the both of you at the same time. Perfect. That's awesome. So we have Drew Draper. We have Jane McMurray. um, And we are coming off the heels of the Teton Overland Show. And I first wanted to, and I know Chris wanted to thank you guys for being willing to work. Uh, you know, I know Drew was there from beginning to end of the event, uh, all the way through, even Sunday. And Jaden took time out of his uh, off his day off on Sunday to be there as well. So first, thank you for doing that for representing the company. But um, I wanted to also recognize you guys for being key parts of the of the thing. So I know Drew's on the sales side. Jaden did sales for a while, now over on service, um, but. What, I guess, to kind of open it up uh, with the first thought I had, so we talk about the Overland show, we talk about um, sales in general, and we just got done talking about first impression and the meet and greet process as kind of our main discussion point. But when we talk about like representing ourselves and and you as a salesperson, what's the importance of giving off a good first impression? So a lot of the Overland show, you had an opportunity to do with the first Mm -hmm. impression over and over and over again what's the importance of having a real strong first impression that you guys have found in your time selling and, and in the service department?
3: Well, I would just say, you know, it's, you've got so much time to make a good first impression because if you don't set that, you got like what, 15, 20 seconds to make the first impression? Seven. Uh, se- oh, seven. <laughs> <laughs> That's the latest experts gotcha. call on it. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not an <laughs> it's expert. Fast. So, but yeah, yeah, it's quick. So, you know, if you got that first really good impression, then, you know, you have the chance to move things forward, you know, Because people after that, they're going to either like you or they're not. And they're just not going to listen if they don't like you to what you have to say. So that's what I've found.
4: Well, I mean, a first impression is a lasting one, right? I mean, so the first time you're ever meeting someone, you're going to remember that forever. Especially if you keep seeing that person. So you go from the show to going to the dealership. You're like, oh, I remember when I first saw this person. They were super cool. And for us, it was a little easier because we like to go camping. We like overlanding and everything. So. Meeting people that have that similar interest, it was a little different from when we did uh, the Fourth of July event last year. So, those people, it was just like a, a conglomerate of just mixed people. And that showed on the trail as well. They were wanting to go fast. They didn't quite know what they're doing. So, the Overland people, much different. They're much more aligned with us. So, it was easier to connect and uh, more laid back, if you would, where like the Fourth of July was a little fast. And, you know, it, it was a good event, just different atmosphere. So, as far as like first impressions, I think it went really well, and we were able to say, hey, we're Jeep. This is kind of what Jeep does, and we're here to do it.
2: Yeah, so what would be, like, specific strategic things for that group? Uh, Did you guys use any kind of techniques in your meet and greet or come up with a subject off the bat or kind of walk me through your approach to that?
3: Well, I've noticed that with that, you know, we're not in a typical dealership setting. So it's definitely like a – I want to say, like, it wasn't like a, hey, welcome to say It was more of like, hey, guys, how's it going? You know, it was a more like laid back, more informal, I guess. Okay. And with, because with that, you know, they're just there to look at all the cool stuff and get ideas, you know, and then what you're planning seeds is what i realized. Right. So it's like, you just really got, you have to like, just be the friend and then be like, hey, this is what we're doing and let's do it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I saw. That's what I saw. Cool. Yeah. Cool.
4: I mean, from our side, it was. It was fun, and I think, I think that it was a little different from both booths, and, but our side was, I mean, you get there and it's we're just we're hanging out. I mean, Sunday I was cooking French toast in the morning <laughs>
2: for McGraw. Yeah, just to so. explain to everyone listening, their side uh, was the Jeep course. So we were in charge of the same course that we had been in the past 4th of July, uh, just a little more specific clientele, like you guys said. you got to show off our product. Yeah. Um, Overall, we'll maybe go over a few highlights from the event, and maybe a few things that we could do differently uh, going forward if we choose to do that show next year. Do you guys have any feedback there?
3: <clears throat> yeah, I think that there was a lot of. Uh, for one, it was good to be out and be in the community. I think that that's a really key thing, especially you know since we've gotten some kind of not good feedback in the past. I think it's good to be out in the community and showing that we're willing to take part. Um, it was really cool to see the people that, you know, would come out and they wanted to experience what the Jeep can do. I know that I had several people that were like, Hey, I'm a Bronco guy. You could never get me off Bronco. They came in and drove the 24 Wrangler and were just Yeah, you know, mind blown. That was super cool. And I just that was my biggest thing. I was just glad that we were out there being out in the community, you know. Yeah. So that's what I enjoyed the most out of it.
0: Cool.
4: Yeah. And and a big thing was like, so most of the Jeeps we had out there were, were stock Jeeps. And when we closed everything down, everyone was taking their aftermarket stuff and their, their rigs on the course when we were closed down. And, you know, we were just kind of hanging out. And it was interesting to see, you know, I went, <laughs> I went and talked to a couple guys, and one of them was like, oh, your course is easy and this and that. And he couldn't make it up. He actually couldn't finish it. <laughs> and so for me to come out the next day and we're taking these stock Jeeps, And my point before he even tried the course was, you know, it's not supposed to be the hardest course. It's supposed to demonstrate what a Jeep can do. And it is a, it is a semi-difficult course, but again, the Jeeps do it so well and the tools that they have already that it was cool to show that, hey, you guys have all this aftermarket stuff and these other brands, but we're doing it in stock Jeeps. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was one of the cool things. I mean, when we closed before I left, a lady brought a modified 392 which was sweet. And she did the course and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think definitely going forward, I should have asked her, you know, if she'd want to do it next year, but with us. So it's another Jeep and basically like what it could be. Mm-hmm. We have our stock and what we could be, you know what I mean? And that was super cool. Uh, she came with an old XJ. So, Oh wow. Yeah. So it was Jeeps and they loved it. And they love that we were out there with stock Jeeps doing the same thing.
2: Yeah. It's impressive. And it's, you know, it, it's, Speaks a lot to having knowledge of your product. I mean, that's one takeaway I had watching you guys and just kind of seeing you work with the customers. And for the newer salesmen and saleswomen here, like realize the power of knowing the product well and being able to answer those questions. Uh, I feel like that helps you build relationships very quickly if you can become the guy with the
0: answers, right? Yeah. And I think, like, and I think it's ultimately like, obviously, we had the Nissans there. You have to understand w- what people are buying these vehicles for, mm-hmm. and the purpose of which they're buying them. So there's a lot of people that will buy a Jeep that it's for like it's a family or daily driver, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's easier to to pitch. But when you're talking to someone who's in the overland community, you know, for me, that's not like a personal hobby that I would that I would take take time, invest time, money in myself. However, having at least a baseline knowledge of how a Jeep can be modified for that stuff is really important for my ability to connect with someone that's coming in, right? Because for you, that's something that you pair naturally with. Uh, but, you know, there's other things that are going to be split between us. But you, as a salesperson, in order to become really good at it, you have to be able to, to understand and appreciate all the uses of a vehicle and connect with them in a variety of ways. And so, first and foremost, if you don't know what, why the various uses of why people are buying your vehicles, whether it's a BMW, a Nissan, Jeep, Ram, whatever the, the maker model then you're really selling yourself short because you're not allowing you the full opportunities to connect with a wide variety of people that are coming in to buy. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was just interesting because, yeah, for me, like being at that event, there's a lot of people I talk to uh, and that I'd be like, yeah, you know, I've never actually looked into this. People are really passionate about the Overlanding community. And so- They took an opportunity for me to learn as I'm talking to them about the product that we sell, but they're telling me about what they would like to do to it. And it was just kind of a unique way back and forth. So never try to, you know, blow smoke or whatever. If it is something that you're unfamiliar with, ask them questions about it. Because when someone's passionate about it, they're more than happy to teach you mm-hmm. about something that that, that that they love.
3: For and sure. so. I thought it was kind of cool that uh, I noticed a bunch that when Jaden was out with the people driving that uh, he would stop new... I'm guilty of it. I just drove through the course, but he would actually stop numerous times, like right before the hill, right before the certain bumps, you know. He would disconnect the sway bar, put it in the crawl mode, and just crawl up the hill, you know. And that's just that's what he showed. And that was like part of his demonstration. Me, I would disconnect the sway bar and be like, All right, look how much more smoother this is versus this one versus this one versus this one. You know, so that was just something that I picked up on that I actually really enjoyed watching him do it. So yeah.
4: Well, it's like even if you don't know the brand that well jeep is a ba brand i mean and they have been since 1945 and so having confidence and being excited about a brand that this is what they do you know if you just have excitement about it the overlanders they know what it's about i mean it's the swiss army knife of vehicles and it is the most modified vehicle on earth so having at least that knowledge knowing that yeah this is the vehicle that you know this is for just being excited about it they get excited and then you get to bounce off that. And it's really fun to do. And yeah, like the course, you know, we had Rubicons out there, so there's just all the toys you can mess with. You know, the crawl control, you put it down and you can dictate how fast it goes in that 0.6 increments going up that hill. And then Mm -hmm. it's super cool just seeing the customers kind of freak out as it's going slow (laughs) and know that you don't have to romp up up the hill and it just goes up and does everything for you. And so when you're just even if you don't know that, just having the excitement about a brand that you can trust is a good brand um, is, is something that I feel is like kind of easy to do, that you can kind of bounce off somebody's energy because they know what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, If
4: somebody doesn't have a Jeep, they still know what Jeep's about. And so it was cool for this event to show in person instead of at the dealership when, I'm, when they think I'm blowing smoke saying, no, 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 it can go up 30 degree, mm-hmm. no problem, and actually doing it. And that's, that's a big difference when, when you're talking about trying
2: to hype somebody up. To Sounds like
0: we need to build a car. hill.
3: No, 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 I, was I was just not thinking <laughs> that. Well, and, you know, it's kind of funny, too, because like, I was just
0: thinking <laughs> we should have a course
3: here. Right? Uh, no, I think so, too. That, by the you, land behind
0: Kel, right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's all dirt. But it was kind of cool to watch. So we'd have it, you know, running the way you're supposed to, right? So you'd start on the far end and go all the way over. And then I was just like, one day, I was like, why don't we just run it backwards? So it didn't just start on the other side. So that way you got the really steep incline mm-hmm. first thing, right? And just seeing that yet again, like had no problems getting up there. And then, you know, I guess Wackerly had their Hummer. I, oh, I saw Yeah, that. they had their Hummer out there <laughs> and it had to take a couple.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah a it couple struggled of running failed yeah, the yeah, got, first it, couple <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah.
3: So that was, it was kind of cool, but like comical to watch, you know, that the big old off-roading machine got stuck, but right, no problem. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there was definitely value in the course, I think, just because people who don't usually got to do something that they don't usually get to do, and that was take it off-road, take it, go experience the, all the bumps and all that. So it was mm-hmm. just it was all around, it was a good experience.
2: Good experience. So we'll probably reflect back on this next year uh, before we do this event again if we choose to. Um, what things would you guys do differently? Or what suggestions would you have for us to prepare to, you know, put on a better show, I guess? Sure.
3: Uh, I would say definitely more signage. Okay. Right. Definitely more signage because uh, walking through on like later Saturday evening, there was one sign for the obstacle course, but it was not at that front gate, but it was kind of more towards where the food truck's. So there was one sign. Okay. And then I actually, on Sunday, as we are cleaning up, I got the chance to talk with, I think his name is Ethan. Mm-hmm. One yeah, of the guys Ethan. that, yeah, one of the guys that run it. And he's like, if you want to, if you guys come back next year and do this, he's like, we could plaster your name all over this entire show. He's like, cause it's, it's yours for the taking. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> he's like, do do whatever it is you want to do i
0: think i think music my my short opinion i think i, I think the number one thing like that That. Uh, like when you because we've done that event where that's uh kind of back off in the corner i mean they even put the restrooms before so it can kind of feel a little bit off mm-hmm. so like signage will help but i think overall like to draw people in nothing does that better than music and so having a couple big speakers that are playing music mm-hmm. you have it like drinks like big old things uh like uh uh, coolers that have water yep. and pop in it. So people are like, oh man, that looks like it's a good time over yeah. there. I think kind of whatever you can do, whether signage, music, drawing people, like they hear it, they see it, they're like, oh, the vehicles are driving. I think you'd get mm-hmm. a little more action as well.
3: So- and, and people love those hats and t-shirts, I'll tell you.
0: If they
2: get it. Any, is that
3: is cool. That was, yeah. that was pretty sweet. Yeah. If you can get anything for free at those shows, like people just go crazy over
2: that. You know what I was thinking of, um, was maybe building a tunnel of vehicles like displaying them out to that'd the course. Cool. You mm-hmm. had to walk through and kind of look at them as you were out there. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Just because it was a little bit obscure where they should go. We, we were a little off in the distance. So mm-hmm. that, that's one idea I thought about. <clears throat> yeah. Um, anything else that you thought, Jay, on um, your perspective we could have maybe done differently? I think like I
4: mentioned before, so like when that uh, lady brought a 392, it was a little later, um, but everyone was looking. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a big car. It yeah. just is. I mean, that 64 is awesome. Um, but maybe having like a, a segment after we get done driving, maybe if we could get in contact with those people that have those Jeeps that are customized and have them run the course, don't have them with people in there cause that's a liability issue. Um, but at least show what a modified Jeep can do and mm-hmm. see what it looks like at least because that's one of the things that Jeep people do Jeepers do mm-hmm. is, I mean, every Jeep person modifies it. Every single individual in my family has a Jeep and they've modified it the first 10 days. And so something like 89% of Jeep people modify their Jeep within the first month, whether that be, you know, different doors, bumpers, what have you. And so showing what you can do, or because even the Rocky Ridge, which people were going crazy for, <laughs> and you know, that comes from the dealership, but they were, they were more inclined to look at that. Mm-hmm. Or the blue four by E we have because the four by E did look different. It's got different wheels on it and it's that beautiful blue. Mm-hmm. They were just more inclined to go to something more modified. So, a lot of people drove all of them mm-hmm. if they had time. Mm-hmm. We drove all three. Um, but a lot of them love the look of the Rocky Ridge, obviously, because it's jacked up, this and that. Mm-hmm. But seeing another Jeep come through that has all the customizations that that person might want would be kind of cool to see. You know, they don't have to ride with them. But to see that, because everybody was looking at that 392. Everybody turned around and saw it. And they saw the XJ go up before that. And so, because that was another thing is after we left, everyone was going on the course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, half the people were getting stuck and frustrated. And one guy left some ruts in the hill that thankfully got taken care of. But, (laughs) um, and that's another thing when we were talking to Ethan is he was saying that the guy who actually builds the course we can have him stay out there and actually like brainstorm stuff for it, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. yeah. He, that, that's interesting. Cause what I was also thinking maybe is if we taught a, a basics course, like on the schedule. I know you mm-hmm. guys do your own demonstrations mm-hmm. each time, but um, maybe we should add like an hour mm-hmm. segment, half an hour segment each day where we, right. We're going to teach this, this, mm-hmm. and this, you know?
3: Well, like, I think it'd be yeah. cool too. like, you know, do like a, Even like little mini classes, like hey, this is how you take your doors off. This is how to take the tops off. This is how you do this, this, and this. And people, they, we actually had a guy that was down in the parking lot next to us where we were doing the obstacle course, where he asked if he could use my jeep and hook up to it and show people how to like properly winch out of certain situations. Mm -hmm. You know, like even like little classes like that. Yeah, I think would be super beneficial. And uh, I had talked to Ethan, and they were gonna think about next year having that obstacle course that we had. And then building another one that was gonna be more for like okay so you got your jeep stuck on a boulder now yeah. you know and so it's gonna have actual boulders and you can go out there and like climb and do all the things and so that sounds like it's gonna be pretty exciting too
4: well and there's so much especially with the uh, Rubicon, that there's a reason it's the top off-road vehicle mm-hmm. and trim there's so much to teach i mean most people both events that i went through uh the fourth of july and this one You know, it's little things as in most people don't know. You got to disconnect your differentials to turn because one wheel needs to go faster than the other to turn. That's just how it works. And so most people don't even know that. And, yeah, the rock crawl feature is one of my favorite features to show because your foot's not on the brake. It's not on the gas. The vehicle's doing it. So being able to teach the customer that, Mm -hmm. I took that course very slow, very slow. Drove me nuts. (laughs) Because I'm showing every single toy and tool that the vehicle can offer. I mean, I'm hitting that wall at 22 degrees, just riding the wall, you know, showing how smooth things are. You get done with the hill. What do you do then? And they're like, oh, I can just turn. No, <laughs> you're going to hop. You got to disconnect something. And so being able to teach those kind of things, and I think we'll just uh, show what the, like the Rubicon is capable of, because there's just so much that you can do with the Rubicon. I think yeah. it would help to kind of shine the light on why it's so special,
2: and that brings up another idea. Maybe we should be inviting our past customers to the mm. show next year, mm. so they can learn how to use their Jeep. I think a lot of people that maybe are beginners or don't know what it's capable of don't find a lot of opportunity besides YouTube to see somebody crawl a rock. So, yeah. like maybe maybe we should do that. Give some special invitations to our customer list. That might be helpful as well. You know, mm. and I. From a sales perspective, uh, do you guys feel like we drew some leads out of it? We, uh, you know, like, What do you think will come of it from that angle or should we beef that up a little more? Or How, how do you so, feel about it from that perspective?
4: I think, um, we, also, I think we got a, quite a bit of leads. Um, mm-hmm. What's super important, though, as well, talking with the other vendors and everything was the name and the impact on the culture of the community. So especially just talking to Ethan. You know, he was mm-hmm. like, this was huge. He goes, because Wackily does their thing. But they always do it in the grass. Mm-hmm. They put their off-road vehicles in the grass and they're always shiny and everything. That's not an off-road vehicle. You know, ours, you went out and you actually played in them. Mm-hmm. And so being able to showcase that we're using the vehicles for what we're telling people we're selling them for, because that's mm-hmm. what we're doing, is, is huge. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> speaking from service, we get a lot of calls. Hey, how do I do this? How do I disconnect this? How do I plug do this? Do how do I? <laughs> oh, wait, all the time how do I get it into tow mode? And I'm like, that's the easiest thing. But like I get those calls all the time. And for me, it's not a problem to answer that. However, if they had a chance to actually do it themselves, that'd be huge. Yeah. But for this event, the biggest thing was, was being able to be there, which is huge, you know? So when people think about overlanding or off-roading, they're like, Oh shoot, Sayers was there and Mm -hmm. they had that thing. So now they're just associating their next vehicle that they're going to buy. They go, well, when was the last time I drove a new vehicle and I did an off-road
3: thing right well it was that it was new kind Jeep. of a memorable experience yeah yeah and i will say on, on one side of it too that it may not be like an immediate thing where you know we had the show and then now we're gonna sell like 50 20 mm-hmm. cars at i don't think so but like i myself got probably three or four personal like people like hey here's my number call mm-hmm. me and i even had one lady that actually runs a pretty well well-known youtube instagram channel or adventuring and she was like hey guys, I'm in the 2024 Wrangler Rubicon and this is Drew from Sayer Dodge. You know, so I'm like, that's kind of personal exposure on me. You know, so maybe we can figure it out instead of like, you know, if we do it next year, I would like to still be a part of that obstacle course, but maybe rotate one guy through. So that way they have their chance of, hey, this is Jay from Sayer Dodge. or This is whoever, whoever, Mm -hmm. you know, because all it's going to take is that one person. And I think that that's going to be huge for somebody. You know, cool. Sweet. great ideas, great thoughts. Yeah, I'm
2: excited. I mean, as far from what I saw, it was a success. Uh, I understand a lot of it is branding. It's not necessarily like everybody's going to come buy a Jeep next week, but yeah, it's important to invest in in that culture, especially where we're we're Jeep dealers. And it's cool. We, I mean, I feel very lucky to have the brands we have. They all have very unique and special things to them. Even you know, BMW has its thing, Nissan, and the Jeep family dodge ram chrysler we, we've lucked out it's fun to see you guys really dig into what our jeeps can do and mm-hmm. be knowledgeable and yeah i thank you guys for putting the time in to do that and i think it just makes makes us look better as a brand a dealership and and it makes our sales uh work a little easier and people see that passion so yeah thank you again for your hard work there that was awesome yeah, yeah. thanks guys
3: yeah thank you and uh, thanks for
2: putting it on so. yeah Absolutely,
4: yeah. It was super fun. I know we got some stuff out of it.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's a, there was some crazy. There was a guy in the that almost jumped his suit off. <laughs> it was what? The most yeah, he was like, I was like, you know, we had this thing where he was like, okay, so when you go over and start, make sure you're going easy, right? Because it gets pretty potwilly, and then this jump, and it's 22 degrees, and then he's like, no, I'm just gonna send it, and then he pop and he goes, and I was like, oh, he's. Like, <laughs> it was close. Yeah. It was close. <laughs>
2: Make sure Fine. that's after hours. Yes, <laughs> yes, no, it was definitely, it was definitely after.
4: Hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: awesome. Right. Well, thanks guys. Thank uh, you. Let's continue to crush it. Okay.